Welcome to Sex Tech Talk, where we talk about sex, technology, and the ever-growing sex tech industry. I'm your host, Michelle, and welcome to the podcast. So I'm Michelle, and this is Sex Tech Talk. So we talk all about sexuality and technology and the sex tech industry. And so today our guest is Stephen, and he is the founder of Thought Experiment. So Stephen, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? My name is Stephen. My pronouns are he, him. I am a founder in the sex tech space. So I founded a company called Thought Experiment. Uh, that's where we create digital platforms for sexual exploration um, and uh, and experimentation. Uh, really, our, our company's mission is to change the narrative around sex away from stigma where it currently sits towards consent and safety where it needs to. Um, and, you know, where, you know, that's that's sort of what's really personally really energizing for me. Um, and our first platform, so Thought Experiment is our company, and, and that's our mission. Our first platform is called Hetero. Um, Hetero is the hookup app for everyone who is down with oral pleasure. So we're being a little bit cheeky with the name, a little bit tongue-in-cheek with the name. Um, it's spelled H-E-A-D-E-R-O. So, you know, they're, they're, you can kind of see the pun is, is kind of embedded there. But uh, yeah, we, we launched about a, a year ago, and we're now at over uh, 78,000 members So and, and growing strong. So, And I'm excited to be here. So thank you for having me on. Yes, of course. That is so exciting. 78,000 members. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to, you know, have this idea, you know, and just watch it, watch it grow. And then, you know, the whole point of this is to enable a community of people who are grounded in consent and grounded in safety who are sex positive and seeing that come to life is just it's incredibly rewarding um you know it's been a lot of work but it's been every every ounce of effort has been has been rewarded and then some so i'm really happy yeah definitely and i've seen you were featured in some pretty big magazines like cosmo men's health vice that's pretty cool forbes yeah, it's been you know we've we've gotten a great reception. Um, you know our community has has done a, a great deal of like work, and I have to give the community credit. I also have to give credit to the my publicist Melissa Vitali. So I'll just shoot her out right now. Um, she's been she's been really really great in terms of helping to connect the dots right between behind um, you know at least with with press to help them understand how our app relates to our purpose, relates to our community, because those things, they can be a little bit, you know, it's, it can be kind of hard to, to see that at a first blush. But yeah, I would say we've been really, really fortunate to have, um, you know, received some really, really positive uh, press coverage. And, and uh, you know, we hope that that continues to go strong. Yeah, that's amazing. So I want to know, where did you come up with this idea? What inspired you to create the Hetero app? Yeah. Um, you know, so the the inspiration it, it all popped into my head in kind of like one specific kind of moment when I was spending time with a friend and, and kind of um, you know just just talking about um, kind of the the specifically the gay hookup app space, right? So I identify as both gay and pansexual. Um, my partner's a man, um, but you know one of the things that you know as a user of the gay hookup apps. 
really struck me about this space, and you and your audience may not be familiar with this, but kind of like Grinder was the first hookup app, if if you if you will, right? Um, and then you had a lot of competitors that tried to create space um, by focusing on specific identities, right? Specific types of people, everything mm -hmm. from you know a person's body type, you know. Uh, or their age or their ethnicity or they're literally like to every dimension that you could think of it um like the body like facial hair or body hair you know so uh and and i understood why this took place right um you know it was because you have to have a purpose to kind of like draw people together but the kind of necessary outcome of that was a really stratifying the specifically gay community um, and then also, I mentioned that I was both gay and pansexual. And so like even the, like the the starting framing of this, right? Like a gay hookup app is already really limiting, um, you know, our our ability to connect with people. And so I just had this like flash in my mind, like this problem had been rolling around, and I really didn't like that that fact. And then I just had this kind of flash of inspiration to pardon the pun, flip that dynamic on its head. Um, and, <laughs> and rather than focusing on a specific identity type, focus on a specific desire, because mm. then we could be we could be for people of really all identities, um, people of all gender identities, all sexualities, ages, body types, you name it. Um, and that's that's been one of the really really amazing parts about this is that that has held true. I mean, hetero right now, you've got people. Um, you know, across the spectrum of LGBTQ, um, you know, you've got, you know, we, we don't ask, actually, we don't ask these things, but we can infer, you know, that we've got people from from a, a wide variety of sexualities and um, and certainly a very wide variety of gender identities. And we, we try to really design our app to be, um, you know, built around kind of the correct framing for, for gender identity. Um, we did a lot of work on that that I'd be happy to, happy to chat about, too. Yeah, definitely. And for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what it means to identify as pansexual, could you um, explain that just a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think um, it it effectively means that you're 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 attracted to people of you know of all gender identities is the way that I think about it. And I think not to hold myself out as the expert and sort of like defining what this what this term means because there is there's sort of as with all things sex and sexuality, there's endless nuance and, and some sort of debate around um, nuance. But yeah, for me, it, it really means I'm attracted to people of all gender identities. Um, and that there isn't a specific gender identity that necessarily um, you're, you're more or less attracted to. And, and, also I, and I also acknowledge, right, there's like a logical inconsistency to myself identifying as both gay and pan. Um, but it's kind of true to the way that my life has progressed, um, uh, you know, coming out, you know, to in order to date a man early on in my life, I had to, to come out as gay, even though there was another part of me that I kind of just like, I actually put in a different closet for a really long time. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think one thing as a society we're all discovering is how fluid sexuality is. And so I think that's a really good way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sexuality fluidity is something that I think, you know, our society has is 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 
kind of suddenly, but not really like awakening to, right? This is just true to who we are. Um, but we've we've allowed ourselves to get put in boxes for a really, really long time um, that that you know predefine who it is that you're allowed to be attracted to and who it is that you're allowed to love. And um, and those boxes are don't don't shift societally, right? Like you can get put in a box, whether it's gay or straight or or whatever. Um, and then society expects you to behave a certain way. And that's just not fundamentally the way sexuality works really for, for the vast majority of us. And so that's something I've been really, really animated about kind of just, just changing as a general matter. And we've built a lot of that into the way that hetero operates. Awesome. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's so interesting. Um, I wanted you to walk us through like what the experience is for somebody using the app. So like you had mentioned that you don't ask about sexuality on the app, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, you know, so the way the app works, you know, you, you log in um, and, you know, you have to go through the normal login stuff. And then the app introduces you to our community guidelines. Our community guidelines are inclusivity, sex positivity, though we can't use the word sex in the app because of the app store, you know, app stores are grounded in stigma. So we have to refer to it as pleasure positivity and then wow. enthusiastic consent, right? And so those are those are community guidelines. And we, before people can come into the app, we introduce people to those community guidelines. And we also let you know, hey, if you interact with someone in the app, they can rate that interaction based on our community guidelines. So just that's that's how we try to start it, right? Because we wanna be intentional about having, you know, a great sex positive consent grounded space right and that that really begins with having a community so that's that's how the app starts right um and then it it asks for your gender identity and then what gender identities you're down with right um so if you're down with with men and women and non-binary folks cool you know that's what the app will show you right and so as you log in it asks you those questions but then when you're in the app it's really easy to kind of like change those parameters, right? So in order to not lock people into a specific box sexuality wise, right? You can say, okay, you know, if you had logged into the app and said, okay, I'm only down with men. If you go onto the filter setting, which is really easy and you say, okay, well, you know what? Actually, I wanna, I wanna meet up with some women and non-binary folks too. Well, then the app just updates in real time and you know you you're able to see you know a new group of people that you can interact with that is so cool yeah i love how it's easy to just change the parameters because you may come into the app with a certain idea in your head and then that may change you know just like because we're people you know we change our minds and you know and i love that it's so easy because you know on a lot of you know websites and apps like once you choose like what you're looking for it's locked in there it's kind of difficult to change it Absolutely. You know, and I've, I've, I've given a lot of, you know, strident feedback to, uh, and, you know, to a number of the, the major dating apps and one of whom adopted our, our framework full stop. Um, I was actually Bumble, so I'm actually, I'm not afraid to say it because I have all of the receipts, um, but they, they did take our, our, um, our, our kind of like matching mechanism as it relates to sexuality and gender identity, lock, stock, and barrel. And I'm actually kind of proud of that. Um, but wow, yeah. so they, 
okay so do you mind talking about that a little bit more so they saw what you guys were doing and they're like wow this idea really works and then did they contact you or you just kind of noticed it was happening on their site what happened yeah i know you know it's sort of funny i had to change my investor presentation because i made reference to the fact that as you as you said um you know there are a lot of apps out there a lot of uh platforms that are very restrictive you know once you choose a setting you really can't change it um and that applies in different ways to sexuality and to gender identity um and they can be very restrictive uh they don't align to the way that our our sexuality um works and also you know we know that gender identity can be a discovery process right um and apps were very, very restrictive about changing either of those settings um, because of the way that their, their, their system worked. And we did it differently, right? And so I kind of talked about how we think about it. And if you look at Bumble's interface now in terms of who you're, who you're matching with, um, it's really precisely the same as ours, even to the extent that they there's some language that that they they uh, they reuse from ours. So I, I take it very much as a point of pride because I, I saw that as something that was broken. And in the early days when we were doing uh, a lot of research, we were doing a lot of user research before we launched. We spoke, um, you know, quite a bit with the trans community around what was working, what didn't work. Um, and also got feedback around our uh, our design and that that led us to totally reshift uh, the way that we did things so from my perspective you know it's a better outcome that this better system is now more widely adopted yeah i mean you know what do they say like the greatest form of flattery is like copying you you know yeah. So, yeah. i mean yeah that's really interesting i mean when it's all said and done it, it's good to have you know that in place because obviously you guys found a need in the community and you filled it so you know as far as people are concerned it's good that they changed it yeah i think that's right i think it's just better for the world that hey this this better frame is out there um and I, you know i have to give credit right like i had a different frame when we first were setting out and i had one specific conversation it was a user research conversation where a trans man was just like no you you don't get it like and the it was it was just the most positive constructive criticism that totally reshaped the direction that we went entirely and I, it was 100 for the for the better and i i thanked him so much like you really like thank you for the i didn't know i didn't have any solutions walking out of that but it just gave me a new understanding a new perception that i didn't have which was incredibly valuable yeah and i think that's the very best thing you can do when developing any kind of product or platform is you know speaking with the community who you're developing it for and finding out what their needs are and then adjusting your strategy and your development to meet them and so i wanted to ask you a little bit more about your user research and like how you conducted your user research and I just want to mention real quick that this is interactive. So if anybody has a question, you can type it in the chat box, a question or a comment, um, and we can get to those as we go along, or you can raise your hand. Um, so yeah, so how did you go about conducting your user research? Yeah, you know, so I had this awareness that I needed to do user research. I had no idea what that really meant in practice. So I took some courses in it um, and kind of learned the basics, and then I hired uh, a UX researcher, basically. Um, and so we did it in a couple a couple of phases um, where basically we reached out we just you know if we're talking like very tactically 
uh, you know, I put together a Google form to say, like, would you be interested in talking about like a new form of dating app? That was like the first, the first kind of go at it. Um, and collected some, some, you know, input on who the people were, and we went out, tried to go out on as wide of a net as possible, but also really specifically wanted to reach the trans, non-binary, and and women, um, you know, categories because I, I felt that these groups of people were all, you know. One, because our, our society is grounded in stigma. Stigma is not aligned to any moral absolutes. It's aligned to power hierarchies and these all sexually marginalized groups of people. So I wanted to make sure that their voices were heard. Um, and so basically went out and then, you know, talked with them about like the very like core of my idea. Because I had this idea of grabbing in a specific desire, and that desire being moral pleasure. And I want to feedback on that first. Like, how does that feel? Um, and, you know, it was by and large positive. So kind of went from there. And then just really at every, like, major stage before we started to do any real work, um, you know, any development work, I would go out and I would reach out to sometimes, you know, that that same group of people um, and, and still trying to, like, widen the pool, widen the net, reach out to more and more people. Um, just to, to get feedback at kind of like every step of the way. And so it was like, you know, again, going into nuts and bolts, trying to do, you know, going from just like a narrative interview um, that was consistent across all of these groups, and then going into kind of just like putting the product in front of them and saying like, hey, if you saw this, what would you click? And what would you do next? Um, and then asking at the end, kind of just like, again, in a narrative way, like, how do you feel about that? How did it speak to you? You know, and, and, and just really trying to, in as many ways as possible, capture their, their sentiments, their feelings, their um, challenges, frustrations. Um, and then, oh yes, of course, also just like asking questions about the current state. What's, what don't you like about um, kind of dating and hookup apps? What frustrates you? What, what stops you from using them altogether? Um, and so that was, you know, roughly speaking, the process. Yeah, I love that. That's so interesting. Um, so what did you find? So what were some of the things that um, frustrated the users? Like, what were some of their pain points that you addressed? Yeah, I mean, a big one was um, was safety. So in particular, in um, for the for the trans and non-binary community, um, Grindr uh well not to you know the kind of like the grid-based hookup app so that's kind of the norm in the in the quote-unquote lgbtq space um you know didn't didn't feel safe for a variety of reasons but one of the big ones was that uh it revealed too much location information uh, so, interesting. yeah so the way that those apps work is it's it's literally a grid and the person who's you know, your, your, your grid, your picture is in the top left quadrant. The person to the right of you is the closest person to you. And then it tells you how far everyone is. Um, and the problem with that is, you know, and, and having used many of these apps very, you know, quite a bit, um, it'll tell you, hey, this person's three feet away, um, which if you're in the closet or if you're not comfortable sharing this part of your identity, um, and you're in a workplace, for instance, that's, right. that's a problem, right? Um, and so that, yeah. was a, so that was a big one. And so it really told me, okay, well, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do, 
but I know that the grid is just, we can't do that, right? Like there's something, we've got to figure something else out. Um, and, you know, I didn't have a solution for, for a while. I really just kept turning it over in my mind and I'm really, I'm happy, very happy with the solution that we did actually create. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, that, that was, that was a, that was a really big one. Um, and then the other, the, the other huge one was around how we, we, um, you know, connected people without necessarily putting um, sexuality labels and then allowing for people to connect on the, on the basis of, you know, their gender identity that wasn't like Matt, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like super distilled into something that, that just doesn't speak true to, to people. So, you know, you can go on and, you know, are you a cis man? Are you a trans man? Are you, are you non-binary? And there's the whole host of gender categories um, that I, we collected so much feedback and had so much dialogue on to make sure that we were, we were getting it right. And, it, you know, as right as we could. And then of course, still like, still that dialogue is open, right? You know, I always want to hear, and we, we do get feedback, like, no, this can be better. And like, I'd love to hear that because I want it to be better. So that's always, you know, you know, I'm under no, I don't have an ego to think like, oh, we, you know, there, this, it was a stroke of brilliance and we, and, you know, I, I pulled it from the ether and, and we got it right. It's like, no, it's, you know, it's going to be a work in progress and I always want to make it better. And that's what I love so much about meeting people who are like developing these kind of products and platforms is like you are truly invested and care. You care about the community that you're serving. Like you genuinely want to make things better and more accessible for people. It's not just about making money and just throwing it out there. You know, it's like taking that feedback and really utilizing it to improve your product. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what animates me every day um and that's what gives me so much joy is seeing the community adopt these things it's like so it's so cool and you know at, at this point i view myself it was really being a steward of this community right like that's it's 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 much larger than me yeah i, I had this, this crazy idea and, and luckily i had you know there were there were a lot of other people who were like okay well maybe it's not that crazy i'm kind of down with it um but that's that's the most important part. That's the duty I have, right? Is to help to steward this space. Very cool. So we did have a question pop up. So this is from Athena. So she says she wrote in the chat. I apologize. I haven't been on your app. How are you serving the kink community, or is this not a community focused on? Um, de definitely, the kink community is is something um, at the forefront of my mind. I, I definitely I self-identify as as a kinkster in a couple of different dimensions so you know the way the way that i think about this is that yes we've centered around a specific desire oral pleasure but oral can intersect in our lives in a lot of different ways including of course in kink so uh within the app you can select from a wide range of kinks. I think at this point, and this is one of the most fun points of feedback that I get. It's like, oh wait, you have to add a kink. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, that kink too. Um, so we, we have a, <laughs> we've got a wide range of of kinks, um, you know, listed in the app. You know, everything from, you know, you name it: BDSM, blindfolds, cuddling, dirty talk, gagging, group, outdoors, role play. You know, you you name it. Um, we're trying to be very very kind of inclusive. Um, and yeah, because yeah, that's fun. Like I want to explore those things. So you can explore on that dimension as well. 
because yeah, oral can intersect with all that stuff. I think that's please do. Yes, in my in my opinion. Yeah, that is so cool. What a great question. Thanks, Athena. She said that's so much fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that is so much fun. Yeah, and that's something I didn't recognize that you had. You had those options in your app. So that's super cool. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, um, sex is this infinitely complex and varied and wonderful thing. And yeah, well, you know, we're only touching, scratching a few dimensions. But, you know, the more that we can, you know, the more fun it is. So, you know, we'd love to bring more into the app and more into the space um, as we grow and evolve because yeah sex is great you know as long as it's grounded in consent and safety it's great like yeah let's explore these things it sounds like so much fun so yeah i'm with you athena thank you yeah and that's a great lead into my next question because i would like for you to give me your definition of like sex positivity and what a sex positive platform is yeah, I think sex positivity is recognizing kind of the beauty and joy in sex and also acknowledging that sex has to be grounded in consent, right? Like these things are really, really inseparable. It is beautiful and joyful and everyone should have it so long as there is consent between all parties involved in that space. Um, and that really just takes this just, just ignores or, or just walks away from this stigma-based framework, which is really the norm kind of societally for sex. It does, it serves no, it serves us no good. And, you know, I have this conversation with a lot of different people. It's really interesting. Um, you know, I'll have a conversation with, with you know, a straight guy, for instance, and, and maybe he'll be like, well, I, you know, I just wish that, that, you know, women were more open to sex. I'm like, well, do you recognize that there's a responsibility for that that's grounded around stigma, right? Like there's a very different perception societally towards a man or a woman, you know, engaging in, in sexual activity. And so like, to me, just, just take, creating a new framework that is grounded in consent and safety and recognizes the joy in sex and just, just ignores all the bullshit that we've been taught um, around stigma, around uh, you know how we have to lead our sex lives because it serves no societal good whatsoever. I think that's such a great answer, and I totally agree with you. It's like, especially you know, since I identify as a woman, like I understand that like there is different pressures put on women and different expectations and stigma, you know, related to sex and sexuality. And I think that's something that drew me to sex tech and this community is like I've met all of these really great sex positive people and a lot of people modeling what it's like to not be ashamed of your sexuality. And it's just it's something brand new because, I mean, I grew up in the Midwest. I'm from Missouri. So like we had very limited sex education and um, it was very stigmatized and you know, um, I don't really share too much about myself on these podcasts, but I was a teenage mom. I had my first child when I was 14. So like, you know, sexuality has always been a really big part of my life. And that stigma that's attached to women enjoying sex um, has always been there for me. So I really enjoy learning more about like, you know, sex positive communities. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I grew up in new york but kind of in the suburbs of, of new york city on, on long island and you know raised catholic and all of that so definitely 
grew up with a with a healthy dose of stigma. And to me, you know, stigma is is really it's so I talked about what it's not. It's not about any moral absolute or 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 trying to like uphold some some virtue. It's about control. Like really, really simple. Um, and it's not control for uh, again some some grand societal good. No, it's control for the sake of control. And I think we have to look at it and understand it uh, in that lens. And what it does, it really clarifies things just so, so much, right? Why there's an unequal kind of dose of stigma or or just a completely unequal application of stigma. And you look at it, it applies to existing power hierarchies because it's about control. Um, and so, yeah, it, that that really animates me, and 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 for others, uh, and and the increasingly growing group of people who see it like that, um, is really exciting to me because I think that we'll we'll just be living in a better world, right? We'll be, if nothing else, be having better sex and be feeling better about ourselves, um, and also be more educated about the risks, right, of sex and and getting tested and all the things, right, like. Stigma helps with none of that. Um, and, you know, looking at sex as this wonderful, joyful thing and, and building it in this, you know, building safe and, and consent driven communities. And that's just the future I want to live in. Yeah, same here. It is really exciting because like I'm seeing this whole group of people that are like my age. I'm 36, so I'm in my later 30s. Yeah. And so I'm seeing this whole group of people that are my age that are like changing, like becoming more sex positive. And then I see this whole generation behind us coming up like who, you know, are like they're just so much more sex positive. Like it's just really cool. And I'm just I hope we keep that going as, you know, time goes along. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, you know, because so much of, uh, you know, we, the way we've grown is I've gone to events and I've personally talked with so, so, so many people um, about this, this idea, and obviously have had many kind of related conversations. And I totally, uh, I'm, I'm totally with you, Michelle, like, there is change that's happening. And I'm, you know, I'm 39. So kind of, you know, uh, similar similar demographics uh, on my end. Um, there's change happening, kind of like at, at at our kind of like peer level. But yeah, at the at the Gen Z level, it's a whole different. You know, this is just you know that this is just the air they breathe, and I think that's incredibly exciting. But I would also say, to me, it points to the responsibility, and I'll just say that I feel for myself in order to make space for that group because. At the same time, where I believe we're having this like societal re reawakening, we're having a political backlash that's going in a very different and very disturbing direction. And so these trends are happening at the same time. So I do think it's it's really incumbent on I view myself, I view having a responsibility to speak out on that. Right? You know, there are uh, you know increasing attacks specifically in the trans community, but also going beyond the LGBTQ community obviously attacks on reproductive health um, uh, and reproductive rights and bodily autonomy. Like, you know, there, there, there's a political backlash um, that's disturbing, but there's a, um, you know, a, sort of like a generational and a societal shift that's really uplifting. So, you know, I think I, having, having gotten to this age and now having a, a bit of a platform, I view it as, as, a, as a personal responsibility to speak on that.
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I hope that we live to see like the, the strong change that's needed in that political atmosphere, because, you know, especially in North America, like in the United States and Canada, like, you know, it's just there are a lot of rights being taken away. There are a lot of attacks on people. And it's just, you know, I hope that, you know, we can set the stage for future generations and that they don't have to deal with all the stuff that we've had to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think we can, you know, I think I have to, I have to believe that. And I do, I do believe it. Um, and uh, yeah, believing that is, is incredibly exciting. And that's like, that is legit what gets me out of bed in the morning, right? Like that, yeah, we're, we're building a brighter future, um, you know, one day at a time. Yeah, I agree with you, totally. So I wanna talk a little bit more about your company. Okay, so the way I understand how your business is set up is that you founded Thought Experiment and then Hetero is a part of Thought Experiment, right? That's right, that's right. Cool. Okay, so I want to know, like, do you have any other ideas or any other platforms that are in the works with Thought Experiment? What's going on? I definitely, yeah, I've got ideas that are rolling around, um, and some I'm really like, oh, that would be really good. I'm trying to, you know, stay strategic and stay disciplined. I want to make sure that we get hetero to, you know, a big enough scale that, um, you know, can kind of grow on its own, and the community is 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 just it's kind of large enough to to be self-sustaining. So for now, very much laser focused on continuing to enable the hetero community, continuing to refine hetero, right? And get that right as much as we can. And then, yeah, once we do, um, you know, hopefully we'll have built enough trust with our community um, that we can, you know, start to experiment and say like, hey, we're thinking about X. What do you think about that? Right. Because it was really hard. And, you know, we talked about my user research. It was actually one of the hardest things was just like finding the people to talk to, um, even though yeah. this is, you know, and so now we've got over 78,000 members. So, you know, we can go out and say, hey, we're thinking about X. You know, what do you think? Or what do you want? Right. And we can really have a two way dialogue, which is something I'm super excited for. And I'm just trying to like, hold myself back, you know, don't, <laughs> don't dilute my attention. Um, um, but yeah, definitely one day, hopefully we can, we can, can do some more fun stuff. That's awesome. I think you have the impulse control that I probably don't have. Like I get so excited about stuff. I have to do like 10 things at once and it gets overwhelming, but it's like, when you get excited, it's hard to hold back. Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel that. I feel that. Um, yeah. And but you know who's that? who knows okay there, there's always a chance um, you know this this is actually no, November is my first month full time uh, with thought experiment so now I have more time so you know you never know there's always that that um, I don't know if it's an angel or a devil that's sitting on my shoulder that says let's go explore this um, and we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. And so I want to ask you too, where did you find most of the people who participated in your research? Like, was it on social media or a different way? How'd you find them? Uh, social media, Slack groups. Um, you know, I'm a member of Out in Tech, uh, which was really helpful um, because that's, I think they had like 20,000 people on the, on the Slack channel there. Um, and so that was really, really good. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of Slack channels actually I found, I think was the most kind of like productive way. 
and everything from like people in the tech space or even there was like a ux uh slack group um and then yeah my my own social media asking friends just to kind of like reject their networks their social media like linkedin you know so just I think for that, my own experience was like, just find every channel that you can think of and go out and, you know, post your, your Google Doc or, you know, you have to simplify the ask and for that setting um, and ask as, as, as many people as you can. Because it's hard. It's hard to reach through and break through all the noise um, and, and get people to commit to a half hour of their time. Like that's not, it's also not a small ask, you know? Right, definitely. And just like, you know, as a person who sees like people asking for opinions, like you want to make sure like it's something legit, it's worth your time, like, you know, so I understand that it, it's probably pretty hard to get that out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember, and this is part of the reason that I got the UX research, because I've done kind of like the basics just to understand it. And, you know, and I was like, I don't even know, like, where do I find people to talk to? So, you know, I had to I had to, to, to find someone and she, you know, she was great. She'd done it many times. She's like, yeah, this is, this is like the not easy part. You've just got to go through and just do every, you know, reach out on, on every channel that you can. And she's like, I've got a few that I can reach out on, but like, you've got to, you know, I think like many things in a founder journey, um, you just gotta, you gotta figure it out as you go <laughs> um, and, and just keep pushing to, to find uh, at least in this instance, just, you know, find the communities where, where people, yeah, I'd like to talk about that. Yeah. And that's so cool. And like, so you're figuring that out and then sharing your experience and it, like, it helps other people. I think that's just. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, th that's, that's one of the things that I also love about being in the sex tech space is it's a very supportive um, ecosystem, I would say, which is great because I think we have to be in order for us all to succeed because we're all up against you know societal stigma that's that's baked into everything from advertising to banking to linkedin right like i i know i have to self-censor my posts michelle i imagine you do too um because i've gotten yeah. a few that have just gotten taken down and like they don't even tell you they've taken them down it's like it just disappears um which is crazy Oh yeah, that's a whole issue within itself, like within the sex tech community is like the censorship, you know, and like stuff that you wouldn't even think about gets censored and like all of a sudden it just disappears and nobody even tells you why or your account gets suspended and there's no reason why. It's like, we're just reviewing it. And it's like, what? Like I've had that happen on Instagram and it's just, I don't know. It's something we need to work on. Yeah, it's, it's really honestly unacceptable. Um, and there's just no accountability right um whatsoever even to the point where you can't even you can't even um you know contest it in any way like they'll, they'll just say like okay this has been done and you have like one button to press okay and it's like well you know these companies it's not you know, okay it's, yeah it's really not and you know they, they you know there are these little mini monopolies and they're just printing money and obviously their platform is designed for their advertisers right it's not for their for their users and uh you know that's just it's just the wrong way to think about it which you know another another distinction between our platform so we actually don't um we don't take ads and we don't sell oh, our members oh. data um because i think uh i think it's the right thing to do right so we're data and privacy safe space so it also made writing our privacy policy a hell of a lot easier so like, okay well, well you know i i kind of looked at our co 
com competitors. And I was like, well, all this looks like it's related to like selling data or ads. So I was like, well, let me just take it out then. So made it easier. Um, but to me, that's part of, you know, if building a community is about mutual enrichment and at least the way that the current ads structure works, it just doesn't feel, um, you know, it's, it's, it's it, too much, too much is revealed. And we're in a sensitive space where people are talking about, you know, stuff that is core to who they are and uh, that, that stigmatized. So for, for me, I think it, it felt like an easy decision. But yeah, of course, we're yeah, but you know, of course, in, yes, we're, we're giving up economics as a result, but it's the right, it's just the right thing. And, um, you know, I, I think that's something that the community, you know, I know the community is aware of it and I, and I, and I hope that that's something, you know, when I've, when I've talked about it, it's always resonated. So. Yeah. And I think that's a key step to building trust. And what you're doing is you're building a community, you know, it's more than just, it's not just like any app that's out there, you know, you're building a community of people, like you said before, who trust you. And I think that's just a big part of it because it is a very sensitive topic and, you know, people don't want that information shared. So you have to, they have to have trust in you to use your product. Right. Totally. Totally. You've got to earn that trust every day. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, Stephen, we have another question from Lorraine. So she says, I like the inclusivity of your approach to sexy shenanigans. <laughs> Just wondering how you ensure that disabled people feel welcome on hetero. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, inclusivity being one of our core guidelines is something that, you know, I, I think that that would fall into, into that space. Um, and so we try to really center our community guidelines throughout the app experience. So one, we, you know, I think the, the first space is to create accountability for folks to live into our community guidelines. So it's, it goes back to that community guideline rating feature that I, that I spoke to. Um, and so, you know, to the extent that one interacts with someone on the app, if they're not living up to our community guidelines, you can, you can, you know, create, you know, you can, you can rate them low as, as a result. But also the, the flip side to this is that by virtue of having this, it creates what I, what I like to think of as a positive incentive structure, right? Like not just to like meet a, a bare minimum, right? Like to not get reported, right? Um, you know, people are aiming to do better, to be kinder and to, and to live into these guidelines. And so I think that's one of like the central ways that I think about how we can create a more inclusive space, including as it relates to disability. Um, you know, then the next area that we're, that we're really focused on is around education. So we've got a lot of education that's built into the app today that's specific to gender identity and sexuality, because these are you know, a level of education is is actually, frankly, necessary in order to to use our framing and to use our platform, right? Um, and so we've got a lot of education that's built in around that. Um, but our next in the future, just just bringing in more educational content around all the ways that sex can intersect with our lives in a variety of ways, including for people who who are who are differently abled. Um, or you know, you know, there's just so many ways that sex intersects with us, and 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 creating like 
really affirming sex education, I think, is is the longer run um, approach to 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 that. And that's so cool. I didn't even know you had educational topics on your app. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like, you know, as you, the way that we thought about it for the first instance was, okay, well, you're going through and the app is saying, well, you have to identify, it asks, what's your gender identity? Well, we know education as it relates to sex, sexuality, and gender in this in the country that I live in, the United States in particular, is really is really quite meager for the most part. So that's an opportunity to help people understand what do these terms mean, right? Um, so it's a, it's a start, right? Like it's just like as you're kind of like you're coming across like okay, well you have a decision. Well, we help you understand what that decision means, right? And so I think that's a really like unique opportunity for us because like hey, that's you're coming to this space for that purpose. Um, but our next larger uh, product rollout is going to be a community-centric approach. And, and so one of the core verticals is education, the other is activism, events, and uh, uh, there's one more, there's one more. It'll come to me, I promise. Um, but really it's, so there'll, there'll be effectively like learning modules we'll be building onto the platform. And open call out to, to folks in the, the community here We'd love to partner with people who have created educational materials. Um, then, you know, the idea would be we'd have a little module on the the app, and then folks would click through that, and then would go on to either if it's a hetero or or thought experiment created module, it'd go on to our platform, or if it was created by a third party, we'd go onto their platform. Um, because we're just trying to take these, thinking about different ways to educate and and to like enrich the, the hetero community. Yeah, that is so awesome. And I had just yesterday I did the interview with Beaver Meadow and she talks about like the needs of sexuality in the disabled community. And so I think she's got some pretty good um, content. She's going to do some trainings, I think, for sex workers and things like that. So I bet she would have some good stuff specifically for the disabled community. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Okay. Lorraine says, thank you for answering my question. I like your style. I agree with you about educating people from the ground up. Thank you. Thank you, Lorraine. Thanks for the question. Cool. All right. So I think I just have maybe like one more question for you. So I like to ask everybody this, um, like, do you have any like uh, companies or communities in the sex tech industry that you find inspirational? Maybe it's like a podcast or a book or a blog or just a company that exists. So like what inspires you in the sex tech community? Yeah. I mean, oof, that's a big question. <laughs> um, <you know. laughs> I, I I really I'm inspired by people who overcome adversity in the space and communities that that where I find those people right and so um, you know like Dame is a great a great example you know they fought for years for years um, to be allowed to put a um, an advertisement in the New York City subway system and you know that's just such a hard they literally had to take MTA to court. Um, and, you know, if you look at advertising in the subway, like a lot of it can be quite provocative, but it's more oriented towards the male gaze. And, you know, they just had to fight that fight to the end, but they won. You know, it's just that that perseverance and that grit. Um, 
you know, and, and others that that have just been kind of like fighting the fight for a year. Cindy Gallup, you know, obviously has been, um, you know, outspoken about this for for so many years and and took risks, right? Like, you know, I, I admire I admire those that do that. And then connecting in 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 spaces, you know, I was just at a, the the Sex Tech EU conference in in Berlin, and just meeting with people and having conversations with 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 folks that um you know that have been having these conversations and have who've enabled and allowed really for you know these are the giants on the shoulders on whom i stand and and that's what inspires me you know those that have broken ground and those that are continuing to break ground oh i love your answer so much and i don't think maybe i forgot that you were going to that i'm so jealous i wanted to go to berlin so badly so tell me like um what were some of your favorite things about the event um okay let's see it was i mean it was just awesome it was this was the first this was the first sex tech um well okay so i had been to one 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 before it was a, it was a smaller scale um and it was actually at um south by southwest this year but this was the first like really kind of like industry like that was the purpose we were all here for that reason and it was really cool to see you know there are a lot of different varieties of sex tech whether it's you know wearables or insertables or um education or for sex workers or for um you know uh creating content um it was just amazing to connect with this like totally like diverse group of people with diverse ways of thinking about this problem but we were all values aligned right like we were just you know the resonance was just was just so clearly there we were there for the same purpose and everyone was just thinking about ways to help each other you know oh have you talked with x have you talked with y um you know and i thought that was really really inspiring and then you know we were all kind of like you know talking about the, the the common challenges that we face and thinking about ways that we can collectively solve them right like let's solve this problem ourselves is a really exciting idea to me and that was kind of the that was the nature of it so i think this was the first time i was really at a at a at a space of real scale that was really dedicated to these topics i think that was really awesome yes that sounds so cool and that's why i wanted to go because it's like you get all these people with this common goal in one place and i mean everybody i've met online from the sex tech community has been amazing i have not met a single person i didn't like everybody here is just like so helpful willing to like talk to you share information like it's just such a cool space yeah it is it's really unique it's certainly in my my work experience i've i've not experienced anything like it and you know it's just yet another way that like i feel in my bones like the signal of like i'm in the right space even when i have days of self-doubt and you know we've all got that right um but i, I wake up and I'm just, i just feel it like this is this is the right place for me to be and yeah the community uh, and, and inc how incredibly supportive and caring it is 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 a big part of that yeah a hundred percent and like i just love this community and this industry and like my my go-to scale is like when i'd rather work on something instead of taking a nap 
Like that's how I know it's something I really love. So right. like there, I have a choice, like, okay, you can take like a hour nap or you could, you know, work on this article or this podcast, you know, and I choose the thing. Then I yeah. know I'm like, oh, wow, I really love this. <laughs> yep. Yep. For sure. For sure. <laughs> I feel that too. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So is there anything we didn't get to talk about today that you wanted to mention before we go? I think we covered a lot. Um, maybe I'll just, if, if it's cool, I'll let your, your audience know where they can find Hetero and, and our socials and all that jazz or. Yeah, a hundred percent. That was the last thing I was going to ask you to tell me, where can we find you? <laughs> okay. um, so uh, on social, uh, you know, Hetero is at Hetero app, H-E-A-D-E-R-O-A-P-P. Um, you can find us in the app store just by typing in Hetero, H-E-A-D-E-R-O or hetero.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I haven't been as vocal on Twitter because I've been doing all like the, the hetero Twitter and whatnot, but I'm, I'm, I'm re-emerging. Um, my my uh, Twitter is it's quads, I-T-S-Q-U-A-D-S. So that's, I think, probably um, a, a good starting place. And then Thought Experiment is www.thought, T-H-O-T-E-X-P-E-R-I-M-E-N-T.co. Uh, and you can find all our socials there too. Perfect. Yeah. And then what I'll do is when I type up the show notes, I'll link as many, you know, as many links as I can into the show notes. So cool. that way people can find you easily. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, Stephen, so much for chatting with me today. It was really great to talk to you. Likewise. Thank you, Michelle. And thank you, Athena, Lorraine, uh, for, for asking questions. And uh, yeah, and Laura for being here. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks to your audience for, for listening in. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. And thanks to everybody who's listening to this on the podcast when we do the playback. Everybody's awesome. Thanks for your support. Um, everybody have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.